your ears for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. Tonight, police brutality and racial bias. Is it a true plague on our country, or is it, as most conservative commentators call it, just an urban myth? Except when they say urban, they are not talking about cities. Meaning they're racist. Not sure if that was clear. Also, will special prosecutor Robert Mueller be on this episode? The answer may shock you. Find out tonight, America, on the season finale of America the Podcast. Let's do this. Ah, it's good to be back. Hello, America. It's America the Podcast. So it turns out it was just a fake email that I got. (laughs) Wait, are you serious? Yes, it turns out it was just one big prank and the president didn't ask me to kidnap Michael Jordan and deliver him to Kim Jong-un to stop nuclear war. I thought that was weird. But uh, can you blame me for believing it though? I mean, it does sound like a request that Donald would make. Anyways, I didn't even make it past the front gate. Two security guards tased me and then I hopped into my limo and my driver whisked me away to safety. Good lord, just, you know, just don't kidnap anybody else, alright? You should have told me before I nabbed Mueller. What was that? Nothing! We have a show to do! Hello, America! It's me, the Bastard, here to welcome you to the season finale of America the Podcast with me, the Bastard. And, uh, with me as always is my producer, Tim. Hi. It never changes with you, does it? Always so melancholy. Well, I mean, can you blame me, man? It's, like... Today's the day. It's been a year since he won. My god, has it been a year? Oh my god, you're right. Well, as of the release of this episode, it has been exactly one year since Donald Trump won the presidency by less votes than his opponent, Crooked Hill- I mean, former secretary, Hillary Clinton. Sorry, old habits die hard. We, and by we I mean I, have had a long road since we premiered this show on America's Birthday 2017, and an even longer one since last November 8th. We have discussed everything from freedom being the American religion, which we have seen in its full Republican beauty every time there is a mass shooting, thoughts and prayers, to healthcare, to fake news, to the war on drugs. I have even hunted a few Nazis and a family of pandas, allegedly, along the way. But for this final episode of the season, however, we are going to discuss one of the most divisive topics in the country, and I am not talking about gun regulation. There was just a mass shooting a few days ago, and seeing I am still a Republican, I am not allowed to politicize that at the moment. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Regardless, when it comes to discussing gun regulation, you are either preaching to the choir or to the deaf, or rather, just unwilling ears. The Second Amendment was written when guns could shoot only one bullet at a time, and that is all I will say on that. No, today we will be discussing police brutality and racial bias, and later we might have a certain special prosecutor as a certain special guest. <laughs> Wait, did you did you actually get Robert Mueller to be on the show? Maybe. Oh my god, that's so awesome. Well, shit, where, where is he, man? Well, I don't know. I guess you'll just have to find out tonight on America the Podcast. You already did that part. You already did that part. You're good, man. Anyways, police brutality. Police brutality is a plague on our country and society as a whole. It is a subject that makes people not only angry, but also makes people feel very uncomfortable. And by people, I mean white people. It is something that white people never usually face themselves. No one likes to think that those who are sworn to protect us could at any moment harm or even kill our loved ones. But the unfortunate truth is is that it happens every day and more often than you think. And double unfortunately, there is a lot of false information out there regarding police brutality. The amount of fake news in the world these days is staggering. The problem is so bad that some nerd lawyer from Facebook just went in front of the Senate and got a tongue-lashing live on C-SPAN from Stuart Smalley. These bits of fake news or quote-unquote alternative facts are easily disproven with a simple Google search or even a Bing, uh, uh, what, what would you call it? A Bing rummage? A rummage, maybe? That, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I guess you know, so. That's basically what it is. It never gives you what you want, and then it always shows up unannounced. No one wants you, Bing. Google. Always Google. 
Google is not a sponsor of America the Podcast. Now, I won't argue you which news source is the most credible or anything like that, because I know the mainstream media will just try and silence me and then... Sorry. Sorry. Again. Old habits. But we all know fake news exists. If you don't believe it at this point, you are willfully ignorant. During the 2016 presidential election, Russia purchased political ads on Facebook that were seen and shared by over 100 million people on both the Democratic and Republican sides. These memes were shared countless times and without filter. Some of these memes included false statistics on crime, specifically when it came to people of color, police brutality, and police-to-citizen murder rates. Timothy, do you know anybody at all who has been the victim of police brutality? Uh, yeah, actually, my friend and our guest today, uh, Lloyd Harvey, he's experienced it, uh, several times, unfortunately. Oh, shit! Lloyd's on the show? I love Lloyd! <laughs> Wait, you know Lloyd? Oh, yes! He and I go way back. We did Jesus Christ Superstar together about ten years ago in Fort Worth. I was a disciple. Wow, I did not know that about you. That's random. There's a lot you probably don't know about me and won't find out until season two of America, the podcast with me, the bastard. And I'm sure there's plenty you don't know about fake police statistics. For instance, did you know that the percent of black people killed by police is 1%? Or that the percentage of black people that kill each other is at 97%? (laughs) What? And did you know that the number of white people killed by the police is 3%? Actually higher than the first statistic? Or that the number of cops killed per year is skyrocketing? Did you know any of that? Uh, no I didn't because there is no way that any of that is true. Ding ding ding! Timmy boy wins a prize! That's because it's all bullshit. It's fake news. But fake news that was perpetuated by the right-wing websites like Breitbart. That false information comes from a meme that was shared millions of times and claimed to quote legitimate sources and was even shared on Twitter to millions by then-presidential candidate Donald J. Trump. The real truth is, at least according to the database MappingPoliceViolence.org, as of this recording, 1,001 Americans from all different backgrounds have been killed by the police in 2017, whether it was justified or not. As for the number of police killed this year via gunshot, the number currently sits at 39. National protests of police violence, such as those in the NFL who took a knee during the national anthem, including myself, I might add, were met with major backlash. So much so that Papa John's is now somehow the unofficial pizza of the alt-right, is that correct? Yeah, it is. Wow, that is bizarre to say the least. But despite the protests and the fact that police brutality is slowly but surely becoming a household term, over 220 black people have been killed by the police since Colin Kaepernick first took his knee in August of 2016. Police brutality is a virus, and I know there is a cure out there for it somewhere. Some say retraining is the answer, and I would be willing to concur with that. But even then, more needs to be done. Now I could sit here all day and quote facts at you and speculate on what we could do, and since I'm the bastard, I would most likely solve it, given enough time and bourbon and money. But instead, I say we ask a professional. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral listeners, please welcome former director of the FBI and current special prosecutor and super cop, Robert Mueller. Oh my god, you actually got him on the show, dude. Holy shit. Wait, wait, where is he? Oh, uh, you need to, uh, go get him. Wait, where is he? He's, uh, he's in the basement. Oh my god, did you kidnap him? A little bit, yes. God damn it. Ah, son of a bitch. Dude, he's a fed. What were you thinking? I thought you knew him. Well, I mean, I thought I knew him. I felt like I knew him. I mean, he seemed like we were kindred spirits. Uh, Director Mueller, or former Director Mueller, special prosecutor, uh, Mr. Mueller, are you okay down there? Come on up. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. It was a little dark, but yeah, it was uh, it was good to be alone with my thoughts. Wait, who the fuck are you? Be- Bastard, who who the fuck is this? Well, I'll pardon your language, but the name's Bob Miller. How are you? Oh my god, dude, this isn't even Robert Mueller. You just kidnapped some guy. Okay, full disclosure, I don't know where Robert Mueller lives, so I typed in Robert Mueller address and went with the first thing I found on Ask Jeeves. Oh my god, sir, sir, I'm, I'm so sorry. Bob, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, nobody other than my mother really calls me Robert, so I thought it was kind of strange when your loud friend over there kept calling me that after he put a potato sack over my head, which was also strange. Uh, and when it was also strange when he took me from my house and brought me to 
Where where am I? Uh, you're in Austin, Texas. Uh, you don't sound like you're from the Northeast. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Winnebago, Wisconsin. Yeah, I run a floor tile shop there called Big Old Bob's. Come on down to Big Old Bob's and get your tiles today. That's our song. Have you seen our commercial? I have not, but I want to more than anything in the world. Oh, well, uh, that's me, Bob. Uh, can I go home now? My mother is probably worried. Oh my god, dude, he wasn't even in the same state as Robert Mueller. I did think it was a little weird that it took me to Wisconsin instead of D.C., but, I mean, the little-ass Jeeves butler seemed to know what he was talking about. Dude, he doesn't even look or sound like Robert Mueller. How did you screw up this bad? I'm sorry, but it was dark and I had my headphones in. I was listening to the Thinkers and Drinkers podcast. You should check it out, Bob. Oh, I will. Son of a bitch. Dude, okay, sir, I am so sorry about this. We will... Do everything we can to make it up to you. We'll get you off on a flight back home and a lift ride to the airport. Okay, uh, I'm so, so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I No worries. I just want to get back home to my precious moments figures. Oh, boy. And you will. I. You know what? I'm sure you're hungry. Let me order you a pizza, um, and you can sit here and eat it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish this episode, and then we'll get you moving. Um, and, you know, on, on the way home. Uh, does, that, does that sound okay to you? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I like pizza. Okay, good. Um, uh, Bastard, um, Lloyd's on hold right now on Skype, so you can just click onto him and you can start the interview, um, and then we'll just go from there. We'll fix all this in post. Um, okay, uh, can you do that? Can, are you, can you do the interview this time, the season finale? I would be delighted to talk to Lloyd. All right, how do I do this? Let's see, uh, go to, uh, yeah, uh Finder? No, uh, ah, here, Skype. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh, hey, there it is. Okay, and click off. On, I mean on, okay, okay. Fixed, okay. Ah, there we go. Okay, yeah, I'll see you soon. With me today is actor currently starring in the touring children's production of the Dallas Children's Theater play How I Became a Pirate, Lloyd Harvey. Say hi, Lloyd. Hello. Hello. Well, as we were discussing earlier, this episode is about police brutality. So, as you know, wait, oh, the oh, fuck? was that the pizza? That was fast. Timothy, can you go get that? Uh, yeah, hold on a second. That is weird. I don't know why it shouldn't have been that fast. Yeah, persistent little shits, aren't they? Anyways, police brutality. So, Lloyd, you have a what? Uh, what the? Hello? Uh, howdy. Is this a Waffle Butt Media Studios? Uh, yes, officer, it is. Uh, sir, we have an arrest warrant for somebody that goes by the name of uh, The Bastard. I believe that cannot be right, but that's what it says. Uh, is he here by chance? Uh, yeah. Come on in. Thank you, there sir. There he is! That's the man that took my son, officer! Oh, hi, Mom! Uh, sir, are you the one that they call the bastard? The one and only! Well, you're gonna have to come with us. I know my rights. What grounds do you have to take me in? Well, we got you for kidnapping this fella here on top of quite a few other charges, sir. And I don't know who this guy is here, but he might have to come in for questioning, too. Tim had nothing to do with this. You leave him out of it. Yeah, I'm innocent, but I will, uh... Do whatever I need to do, officer. I bet you don't even have ten things on me that you can arrest me for. Actually, sir, we have exactly ten. Ah, well, okay We then. have you on multiple counts of kidnapping, uh, murder of endangered species, multiple counts of that, uh, fighting a bear, shooting people in the knee and stealing their hats in Oregon? What the hell was your problem there, boy? Uh, kidnapping this fella here... Uh, and a name Robert Mueller, so I'm gonna assume you were trying to kidnap Special Investigator Robert Mueller, so I'm gonna add a federal crime charge to that. Officer 319, please uh, be advised that suspect has warrants out in Chicago, Illinois for trying to break into Michael Jordan's house. My God, do with that as you may, Clint. What was that? He tried to kidnap Michael Jordan? Oh my God. Okay, so yeah, we got you on over 10 now at this point. Yeah, you're going to jail. Just one question, though. Why did you put any of this on the internet, sir? I mean, on multiple podcast platforms. Like, how stupid could you be? Your admission of guilt is right there in audio format on the internet forever. You said none of this was going on the internet, Tim. And you said you wanted it to go on the internet for people to hear. I don't know how the internet works. Clearly, you might actually be one of the dumbest criminals I've ever met. But, you know, come on, get get over here. We gotta... I can get up on my own. Put your hands behind your back. You have the right yeah, to remain fine. silent. Anything you can say will be used against you in a court of law. 
you have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one. Oh, I can afford one. Right. One will be appointed to you by the court. All right. Do you understand your rights? Of course I understand my rights. I helped write them. Is he off his rocker? A little bit, yeah. Timothy, do the interview. I'm going to jail, it looks like. But don't worry, I'm a billionaire, and I will be out by the time our Christmas episode airs. So don't you worry, America. Come on, let's go. Thanks for tuning in every other Wednesday. I will hopefully see you sooner than later, Come hopefully on. by Christmas Eve for our Christmas episode, and then back again in February for season two of America the Podcast with me, up? the bastard. Yeah, yeah, come on, you're going to jail. Hey, hey, watch the panda coat, it's expensive. I made it myself. Jesus, you're wearing it too? Yeah. In the jailhouse now. In the jailhouse now. Holy shit. Did he just get arrested? Uh, yeah, he did. Um, alright, uh, well, Lloyd, uh, give me a second and we'll... We'll do your interview uh, with the Mueller's sit here for a bit, I guess. Um, we'll be right back, everybody. It's America, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Lyft. Lyft is a brilliant ride sharing app that you should use and you should use to get yourself home now. All you need to do is download the app, put in your information, and today use offer code AmericaThePodcast to get money off of your first ride. Simply put in the promo code in the promo code area after putting in your information and request a lift and they will come and pick you up from wherever you are. Whether it be you've had too much to drink at the bar or you just need to get a ride to work, Lyft will be there for you. So yes, America, remember to use offer code AmericaThePodcast for money off your first ride and download Lyft today. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. And we are back. Uh, with me today, I have actor from North Wichita Hills, Texas, uh, Lloyd Harvey. Uh, say hi, Lloyd. Lloyd is currently on tour with the stage production of How I Became a Pirate. Um, you said you are currently in Detroit, Michigan. Um, so if any fans in Detroit have uh, kids near Utica, that would be a great uh, production to take them to go see. Teach them uh, how to be a pirate, I guess. <laughs> uh, isn't that right, Lloyd? Yes, especially uh, with uh, Cal Children's Theater. Right. The production of How I Became a Pirate. So yes, uh, How I Became a Pirate from the Dallas Children's Theater coming to a city near you. Check their website um, for uh, dates and details. So yeah, um, this episode, as you heard, is about police brutality, and that's what we're talking about today. And uh, Lloyd, uh, you know, shocker, is um, a African-American man um, who... Um, he says, has been the victim of police brutality um, and that it's not, in fact, a myth. Uh, do you think police brutality is a myth, Lloyd? I do not. And let me correct you, Tim. Uh, it is actually on a biracial man. Biracial, yes. Black and white, yes. I, I claim both sides, not just one. Proud All of right. it. Proud of it. Well... Your mom is one of the best but people no, I've ever it met. It's definitely not a myth. Not it a myth. It's very real. It's, it's out there. And as we're having you on the show, I take it um, that you have had uh, your own share of instances where you've been the victim of police brutality. Uh, do you want to share some of those with us? Yes, actually. Um, I mean, I would just want to get started with the fact that, you know, it, it all started whenever I was in grade school and my mom sat me down at a table and our dining room when I was about eight or nine years old. And she said that I should act a little bit differently whenever I'm around cops. You know, like, cause this is, you know, mid nineties and you know, you're walking around, you're running around the neighborhood without parents, without guidance and, or parental guidance. And she just had to talk with me saying that I can't, do exactly like all my my friends, which were predominantly white, except for my 
you know, my best friend Brandon at the time. And she told me that I, whenever I'm around police authorities, that I have to always say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, like, period. And to not act too crazy or to do anything extreme when I'm around a cop. And it's so crazy to think that she had this conversation to, to an eight-year-old, which, you know, then it didn't even... Eight years old, me. I my didn't God. understand that, you know, I had to act more respectful to police, right? Right. And my very first introduction into being treated a little bit differently was when I was 16 years old at Double Days at the Pizza Joint that's no longer open, and my, my, I had a, there was a group of us, there was like seven of us, four of us went to Chipotle, three went to Double Dave's, and Double Dave's was a pizza buffet, mom and pop joint, and I ate at Chipotle. Well, my friend, um, out of the seven of us, two were biracial, Zach Brown, if you, you know, you remember him. And I, and then the other four, or the other five, sorry, were white. Well, whenever we got done eating at Chipotle, we went to Double Dave's. And when we got to Double Dave's, Zach Brown, he's biracial like I am, black and white, he had just eaten uh, stuffed crust pizza, right? And he was like, Lloyd, you got to try the stuffed crust. It's really good. And I was like, okay, cool. So I took a bite. So we get up to leave, and mind you, I'm 16 years old. I had just eaten at Chipotle. I'm not hungry. Zach offered me a bite of his stuffed crust pizza, like just the crust that's already been eaten. Um, we were leaving, and this lady, this older lady, walks up to us, and she took to me, and she's like, hey, are you, going to, are you going to pay for that? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, that pizza you ate, are you going to pay for it? And I was like, man, I didn't. I took a bite of crust and she's like well i'm calling the cops what and so i don't want to cause any kind of scene so we wait like the seven of us wait and the cops get there i mean minutes rolling up on us and they you know she points to me points to me they immediately like put my hand behind my back and start uh frisking me and I start to cry because I don't know what the hell is going on. And the cop is, you know, apparently she called the police and said that we had a knife. What? So, and the cop the whole time is asking me, you know, my, what's my name? And something about me, I don't really use my middle name. And I was so nervous and scared that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't remember if it's U-E-L or E-U-L because I, I just, I couldn't, and he was like, you know, what boy, you don't know how to spell your own middle name, and by this point, I'm, I'm crying, and I'm crying, and I'm like, sir, I, I, I'm really nervous right now, and he's just like, you don't know how to spell your middle name, boy? He called you boy? And he called me boy. Wow, motherfucker. And then they gave me a ticket for theft under 50. Oh, give me a break. What? Dude, it was pizza. And that was oh my, my, my introduction to being treated a little bit. Like, and the crazy thing is Brandon Matthews was there with me, and he was yelling at the cops. Brandon Matthews is a like, white guy I mean, who was yelling at the cops, by the way. Yes, and he, and like, I mean, blatant disrespect for authority. And I'm saying, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir. Brandon is just free-balling his, you know, ideals and just like, you know, what are you <laughs> doing to my friend is wrong. You're a pig, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, holy crap, I cannot believe you're getting away talking to this officer like this. And I just, I couldn't believe that. And, like, if I tried that, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. And that was when I was... 16 right so that's whenever that was was like that was like the first time i ever experienced a little bit of being treated once again differently from my white friends 
And then the biggest one was when I was 22 years old. I mean, I'm 32 years old. It happened 10 years ago. It happened 10 years ago last weekend or, you know, whatever. Halloween. Anyway, I will remember it like it happened yesterday. Was this Halloween? Um, Halloween, yes. And uh, Oak Lawn in Dallas has a neighborhood. And every year they have a block party where it's just hundreds, hundreds of people. And I am a big Harry Potter fan. And I dressed up as Harry Potter. Very conservative Harry Potter, you know, pants, long sleeve shirt. I borrowed a, a, a graduation black gown from a friend. <laughs> and I had worn dress shoes, and I even bought a $20 handmade wand, you know, <laughs> glasses, and I called myself you are Black nerd. Potter, you know, hey, what's up, everybody, and <laughs> I was with a group of friends at Hotel Zaza, and uh, I had met this beautiful girl, and we were, we were hitting off, and I told her, I'll be right back. And I shouldn't have said that. And I should have just stayed. And I went with my friends. There was about five, six of us. And I had not really worked in Dallas by this point that much. Uh, I had not really been to Dallas that many times, only for concerts. So this is my first, like, Dallas experience. And I had, um, I was actually doing a show for Casa Mignana at that time. I was a doing theater a in Dallas. show at Web. Uh, theater in Fort Worth. Oh, Fort Worth. Sorry, my bad. And uh, and I was doing Charlotte's Web at Casa Mignana. And so we get to block the block party. And it's hundreds, hundreds of people. And they're, they're scantily clad. You know, girls and bikinis, guys and banana hammocks. Everybody and here in, I am. Like, dressed like a cat. <laughs> exactly. I'm a cat, duh. Conservative-looking <laughs> Harry Potter. Not that sexy. You know, I should have showed more skin. Um, <laughs> Just a regular guy in a down. graduation gown. <laughs> in a graduation gown. In glasses, no less, too. My, yes, my scar and everything. And I see some beautiful girls, and they're like, ooh, it's the hot Harry Potter. And I'm like, what's up, ladies? <laughs> and I turn around, and I can't find my friends anymore. Like, they're gone. They just, I mean, I guess they didn't see me. So I turn around and I can't find my friends and I'm walking through this big crowd of people and I'm getting panicky at this point because I, I don't know where I am. And let me, let me preface. I had, this is when I used to drink vodka, but I had two vodka tonics. That's it. Just two. Right? Like it was early in the night. I didn't get crazy. Didn't get crazy, Lloyd. You know, yeah. it's just two vodka tonics. And uh, my my best friend Zach calls me, and he's just like, "Hey, well, where are you? Let's hang out." And I'm like, "Hey, I'm in Dallas at Oakland. I don't know where I am. Really, I don't know how far Hotel Zaza is, which is like two blocks away, which I didn't even pay attention." And he's like, "You know, hey, just call a taxi, or just try to walk, retrace your steps." And I was like, "Well, I want to find my friend," so I kept on. You know, I'm talking to Zach on my phone, and I'm kind of going through the big crowd quickly. So quickly that I trip and fell on the on the graduation gown with the dress shoes. I slipped and fell. My wand breaks, my phone breaks, and I'm picking everything up, and... Someone grabs me from the back, lifts me up, and throws me against the car, flips me around, and starts choking me. And I will never forget this. He was choking me so badly that I couldn't breathe. And I remember trying to scream the word help. Help me. He was choking me so hard, I couldn't even say the words. And, he, and 
every and these people were just in a circle watching this happen. And he flipped me around, put plastic uh, zip ties around my wrist, and threw me in the car without even saying one word. There was not one word spoken. Jesus. And he throws me in the cop car, and by this point, I'm, I'm pissed. Like, I'm not Rightfully sad. I'm, so. I'm angry that, that this cop... Oh, it was a cop, by the way. I don't know if I, if oh, I yeah. said that. Oh, yeah, if was that was clear. Um, that this cop didn't help me up. He didn't ask if I was okay. He didn't, he didn't say, hey, dude, get the fuck up, or didn't even just offer his hand and helping me up, picking up all my crap. He just, he choked me. And he put me in the, in the cop car, and he and his partner get in, and he turns to his partner, and he says, that's how you treat them. Wow. And I will never know. I don't know what he meant by them. Like, do you mean African Americans? Do you mean homosexuals? What do you mean by them? And his partner was a younger guy. And he the the guy who was choking me was an older gentleman, late forties, early fifties, white, male with his partner, white, uh, mid twenties, maybe late twenties. And he says, That's how you treat them. He turns up the country music and drives his cop car in the, in the um, you know, drives it to the jail in Dallas. And we get there, and I like the whole time I'm like, what's your name, your badge number? What's your name, your badge number? What, I fell and you choked me. What's your name, your badge number? And again and again I kept saying, what's your name, your badge number? You choked me. And he's driving and he slams the brakes. My head hits the glass. Motherfucker. And and I shut up by that point. And then I they booked me or they put me in a, a cell, a holding cell. And I you know I kept t- trying to get a cop's you know attention, saying he that that cop that cop over there never gave me a drug test. I should not be here. I don't know why I'm here. I did not get a drug test. And another cop comes up. He's like, Oh, you want a drug test? follow my pen and he moved his pen as fast as, as he could right and he's like this fucking guy wants a drunk test get out of here and the only reason why i know officer robinson's name is the cop who choked me is because he walked by my cell and i saw his, his badge his his uh name badge that's the only reason he never told me his name is he still on the force and do you know that i do not know hmm it was one of those things that, like, the next day they, they let me out at 7 a.m., thank God, because I had a 9 a.m. show the next morning. And I, my my right hand, he tied the zip ties, he tightened them so hard, I didn't have feeling from my pinky to my wrist in my hand for four months. Oh, my gosh. I didn't feel anything. And I had bruising or a cut on my forehead from when he slammed on the brakes and it hit the glass. My head hit the glass. And I filed with IA, Internal Affairs. And it took him seven months of course to get did. back to me. Seven months. I took pictures, sent them pictures, told them exactly what happened. It took him seven months to tell me I lost the case because there wasn't enough evidence or no witnesses. God Almighty. And it's crazy because a year or two later, I I was dating someone, and I told her the story, of that that exact story of Halloween, and she said to me, "What did you do?" And I was like, "What do you mean? What did I do?" And she was like, "No, but Lloyd, what did you do for him to treat you like that?" And I'm like. I don't know. I don't understand. She's like, Lloyd, what did you do? There's no way a cop would just do that. What did you do to make him do that to you? This person was white. I take it. A a resisting arrest or something. And I told her, no, I didn't do anything. Was this person white? I was. Yes. Right. Okay. And it's so sad. It breaks my heart 
of all these, oh, my brothers and sisters that are being gunned down by police officers every day. And I'm not talking about just African-Americans. I'm talking about Hispanics and Caucasian. I'm talking about everything. It's a police problem. It's not just an African problem. It's not just an African-American problem. It's a police problem. That the overreach and the fact that all these people are losing their lives. And But, but the one thing, the one little sliver of good that can come about with this, all these lives that have been lost is that people are now aware. Right. That people will hopefully stop asking, what did you do for them to treat you like this? But how much more aware do we need to become? I mean, Rodney King happened back in the 90s, and, you know, we saw the police beat the shit out of that guy, and it still happens. I mean, black kids in hoodies and or even just some guy on the street who they said was selling cigarettes wasn't getting choked out and not being able to breathe just like you. Like, wh- I mean, when when would anybody like what at what point are we act would we actually wake up to this? Because it's clearly, I mean, this has happened. You are one person out of God knows how many poor souls that this happens to. Like, do you have faith that this right. could change? Like, like, do you honestly like have that it could change at least the near future? I mean, eventually, sure, over time, societies evolve, but like, is this a near future kind of change? Do you think or? I don't think so. I mean, think about where we were just 50 years ago. Right. You know, 50 years ago, cops had no, there was no, like, like a cop can take you out of your car, shoot you, and say anything 50 years ago. Now, at least there's cameras. Right. Which they can turn off, too. Cops were still part of the KKK. Right. You know, which I'm willing to bet there are tons of. Oh, there's absolutely. They are still part of the KKK. You know, like, will it get better? Yes. I hope. But over much more time. Um, But it's one of those things that it's going to take time. But now at least there's a conversation. At least I hope that my ex-girlfriend would hear that story today from, you know, if someone told her a similar story, she wouldn't ask, what did you do? Right that no one would ask, what did you do? I mean, it's, I have two more stories for you. That's, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, keep going. People need to know these Um, things. Because this happens every day. What's up? This this happens every day. Like, these are four stories out of the every day for the past, I mean, I mean, even today, I was, I'm in Utica, Michigan, which is outside of Detroit, and I'm doing a children's show, and I'm at a college, and I'm wearing a hoodie, and it's cold. It's 43 degrees today, and I was wearing the hoodie outside, talking to a couple of cast members while they were smoking, and a cop comes up to us, and automatically, I freeze up just a little bit. I get nervous just a little bit mm-hmm. and that sucks you know it sucks that that happens like the cop he was a nice guy and i've known really nice police officers i have uh two friends that are police officers and but it just sucks that that there are i mean i hate to use the the saying but one apple a few bad apples ruins the bunch yeah and it's true like, and it sucks that I, and I remember thinking, because I knew that we were having this, going to have this conversation today, and I, and the second he, like, walked up, you know, he said hello, he said, you know, oh, y'all are the pirates that are doing the show, and, you know, another cast member, he's, he's from the north, so he's, like, super friendly, and he was <laughs> shooting the ship with the cop, and, and, you know, I had my hoodie up, and I just kept thinking, what if they weren't here? Right? Like, what if right. my two cast members who are white were not standing right next to me? What if I was by myself with my hoodie up? What would happen? What kind of exchange would happen? Would, would the officer still be just as friendly and bright? And that sucks that I, have, uh, that I think like that. 
You know, like that, I have that in the back of my head that I get nervous when I see a cop car when I drive. Right. That I get nervous when I see cops. Um, yeah. And that was ingrained from the time you were a child when your mom had to sit you down and tell you all this stuff too, which is like... And it's, I'm telling you, I'm not the only person. Yeah, and I'm yeah. The only, like, a lot of my black friends had that conversation when they were kids. I remember seeing a like, video of Steve Harvey telling us the same thing. Parents, and they have to have that... And I'm going to have that kind of conversation with my child one day. Right. It sucks, but it's true. Like, that's what happens when you live in a black household. Even though my mom's white, but still, you you still have to you still have to warn your child that you can't take a toy gun around your neighborhood or a you know, a water gun around your neighborhood because it might be mistaken as a gun. You know, that you might look older than eight years old. So uh, Boomer Jacks is a family establishment that has a great bar area and super cheap drinks in Bedford, Texas. Not sponsored by this and show. And <laughs> not <laughs> sponsored by this show. They should, though, right now. They, <laughs> they should sponsor it. But I was on a date, and this is... I don't know, like, we've, this girl and I, we've been dating for a couple of months now, and we just had a, you know, a fun drinking night with, at Boomer Jacks, and we were about to leave, like, she was okay, she's had a couple of drinks, she wasn't, no drinking, drinking, and driving. None of that. Um, none of that, no, 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 but she had a couple of drinks, I had a couple of drinks, we were about to go to my house. And watch Netflix. I don't remember. It was a few years ago. Netflix and chill. And yes, and we were kissing in the car. And a cop, two cop cars, one pulled in front of her, in front of her vehicle. The other one pulled in behind her vehicle. We're like, oh, this is weird. Cops get out. There's three of them. And one of them comes, gets her out of the vehicle. She is white. Gets her out of the vehicle. It's a summer day, so her her windows are down, and they're asking her, do you know this man? And she's like, yes, that's the guy I'm dating. He's like, well, how long have y'all known each other? Are you in danger right now? Wow. And she's like, no, what I'm not in hell? danger. That's Lloyd, blah, blah, you know, we've been dating for a while. What is, it's none of your business. He's like, but again... Are you are you sure you're okay? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, me, I'm like, I'm easy. I'm easy going. Lloyd, don't freak out. Don't get all high and mighty. Yes sir, no sir. Let's move on. And my phone fell from my lap. Oh no. And thinking back, man, I shouldn't have done anything because so many things could have gone wrong. So my phone fell on my lap, and I went to reach it, and the cop, a cop on the right, opened the door, grabbed my arm, and he pulled me out of the car. Wow. And put me on the ground. And I was like, sir, I was just grabbing my cell phone. I was just grabbing my cell phone. And he held me there. Until the other, the first officer was done. And that night was the last night that she and I ever went on a date. Because she's never experienced something like that. And it scared the shit out of her, which right. I don't blame her. Yeah, that's a traumatic experience. But, like, I mean, God exactly. almighty. And, and then I have, one, I have one more. And this one... You know, I have a habit of whenever I get out, uh, whenever I need to get off book, I walk a lot. And I walk around in the neighborhood. I walk around wherever I live. I mean, wherever I live at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, I just walk. And I memorize, and I memorize, and that's how I memorize lines. And in 2009 or 2010, I was doing Sweeney Todd at Oh Look Theater, and I was Sweeney Todd. 
which was huge. By the way, twenty-seven-year-old beast. One of the best yeah. productions of Sweeney Todd I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm not saying that because Lloyd and I have been friends for upwards of thirteen years. It is was truly like a great, great performance. And if there's video of it out there, oh, you should try you. and find it. Anyways, continue. Uh, you can get it at your uh, local Blockbuster. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Blockbuster? <laughs> what? That would be awesome. One, those yeah, exist again. And two. <laughs> Anyways, continue. My co-star was uh, Jill Lord, the owner of Oluk, the incredible Jill Lord, who is a world-renowned opera singer. She's spectacular, right? So I have to bring my A game. So I worked even harder than more, like than a lot of the shows that I've done because she was my co-star and I have to at least be able to just show up, you know? Right. So I spent a lot of nights walking around my neighborhood. And at that time I was staying at my mom's house for, you know, six months. And my mother lived in North Richland Hills, Texas, off of 820 in suburbia, right? Very right. quiet suburbia. Right, nice little suburban town by a, like right by the high school too, right? Like you're right by the high school. You know, right by the police station. Yeah, right by the police station at that, yeah. Crazy. Right down the street. You know, like there's, you know, there's nothing, nothing suburban here. as like, you can if get. Anything happens in that in that place, I have no idea because it's too quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love. That's why I liked walking around that area because it was really nice and quiet, and I can just memorize and walk around in the middle of the street and not worry about a damn thing. Well, that night I was wearing my Lost from the TV show T-shirt, uh, basketball shorts, no underwear because I didn't care, and I didn't have a wallet, <laughs> I didn't have my phone on oh, me, shoot. I didn't have anything other than my script. That's it. And I, and I flip flops on. And I'm walking around and I'm memorizing Joanna, the hardest, to me, the hardest song between Todd's lyrics. Joanna. Yes. Well, yeah. it's a little bit. It's like, it's going to see. I think we might get sued for what the little yeah, bit I just Joanna. did. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> anyway, so I'm memorizing Joanna, the Sweeney Todd, it's like version two or three, I don't remember. But I'm, I'm memorizing Joanna. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. And 10, I swear, five bicycle tops and five cars oh roll God. up on me at the same time. And this is 1.30 in the morning. You know, they roll up on me. Every single one of them just pulls off, pulls, uh, like pulls out their guns. They're like, get on the ground, get on the ground. They pull out their guns? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I've had guns pulled on me twice so far by police. Terrible, terrible, terrible stealing. Because one person can just fuck up your whole entire life. You know, one cop, one Trigger happy son, bitch. Pull that trigger. And, you know, they, they told me, get on the ground, get on the ground. And I... And I put up my script. I dropped my I dropped my script. Put my hands up. I get on my knees. I interlock my fingers like they told me to, and then they handcuff me on the ground, my face in the ground, on, like in the middle of the street. And they're you know they search me, and I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have anything. I don't even have underwear on. So crying out loud, I have nothing. And they're like, you know, where's your ID? Where's your this? And me, I don't know about you, Tim. Do you know your driver's license number? I do, but only because I'm a driver for a living. So most people, yeah. though, do not know theirs. Uh, I am not. the one very rare exception. Right. Like, and most people don't know their driver's and license. And it ends in 69. So and that's me. why I also know it. But that's just my immaturity. Yeah, don't don't say your your driver's license number. I, I won't uh, edit that one out. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I told him my name's Lloyd Harvey. I live at blah 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 in city blah blah blah. Uh, it's right there, and uh, my driver's license number is this. And they you know they take it all down, 
and they go to the car. They run my stuff. And this whole time, I'm just like handcuffed, middle of the street, facing the, in the freaking, in the, in the, in the asphalt, just waiting, knowing I've done nothing wrong. And there's just all these cops just walking around, just waiting for, you know, my, my information to come back. And then they come, like the leading officer, he comes back to me, he's just like, hey, you know, this is a misunderstanding. We're looking for a black, or an African-American male, white basketball shorts, which is what I was wearing, gray T-shirt, which is what I was wearing, and he just burglarized a couple of houses in this neighborhood. Right. Bullshit. And you're like, really, dude? With that exact First thing? Off, really? Come the on. The exact same thing I'm wearing? He also had a uh, uh, right. uh, short hair, and um, he also uh, had had a man's voice. <laughs> sure. <Exactly. laughs> like, and the thing that ran through my mind, he was just like, "Well, you know, um, so uh, his his whole demeanor just changed because he know he he they fucked up." Yeah. You know, they just got another black person. Yeah. You know, ten, and ten cars. They didn't to even care. Like, exactly, and. They fucked up. So they, he, his whole demeanor was just like, well, you know, hey, so uh, what are you studying there? You know, what, <laughs> what, what, what are you in college? Are you, what is this? Sweeney Todd, what's that? And I was like, man, don't worry. Like, this is like the only time I've really been disrespectful to police in my life where I was just like, man, don't worry about it. And he told me, <laughs> well, you know, if you see that African-American male with white basketball shorts and a gray T-shirt, Please call us right. and let us know where he is. Like I trust and you. And I told him, and I told him, which is crazy because I am, I'm telling you, I will say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am to every cop. I am nothing but respectful still because I don't want shit to happen. But I told him, I was like, and I told him, looked him straight in the eye, I said, sir, if I see this African-American male you're looking for, I will tell him to run the opposite way. And I don't support. You said don't support that to the cop. <laughs> burglarizing. Yes, I did. Yeah. Wow. I don't support That's breaking insane. into other people's houses at all. I don't. I don't support that. I don't condone it. I don't like it. But the the fact that that they just picked off like I just happened to be running like walking around in the middle of the night and. They're just like, oh, he's, he has to be the guy. Yeah, and this I'm other not. random guy in a gray shirt and white shorts you see might not be the same guy either because lots of people wear white shorts and gray shirts. Like, Yeah, right? Uh, do you, like, are you still able to trust the cops after, like, or even have faith in, in them to protect, you know, you in general? Like, I mean, like you said, there are a few bad apples that ruin the bunch, but, like, and you, you, you yourself have said that you have friends that are cops, but like, do you, as a whole, like, do you, is your faith just destroyed in the, in them or no. do you know? No, I do not have trust in the police. I don't. Right. It was shattered a long time ago. I mean, it, there are police officers that I know that, you know, joined because they want to help out and create a better world for the best for all of us. And there, there are great guys and women out there that are doing their damnedest to keep us all safe mm -hmm. from the bad men, from the bad guys. But overall, unfortunately, I do not trust the police force right. at all. Would There's you an overreach in this country. And I think they, we give the police officers too much power. Right. Oh, they definitely have that. Would you call them if someone like broke into I mean, your house or something like that? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Would you call them if someone broke into your house or something like that? Yes. Yes. But see, the crazy thing is, I had so you you know we 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 said earlier where my mother lives. Mm -hmm. She lives. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Stones lives, throw away. You measure it. Yeah. Uh, a a block, one block away from the police station and we needed the cops 
you know, when I was 18, when I was 17 years old, we needed the cops. Um, and we called the cops because we needed them, like for a for a really for a real incident, not a break in, mm-hmm. but for someone there threatening us. Right. And it took the cops 45 minutes. Wow. To get there. 45 minutes. And they live, and the police station was across the highway. Yeah. And that person could have really hurt my family in that 45 minutes. Like, that's insane. That's so upsetting. So no, I don't. I think there's an overreach, and it's a, it's not just it's not just like that's the sad thing. It's not just a black problem. Like don't get me wrong. Like we are incarcerated more, we are arrested more, we are you know we as people of color. But it's a it's an everybody problem. The police overreach in this country has got to stop and slow down. There needs to be retraining and i was gonna say do you think retraining would uh, actually work like or i mean it would be a massive scale which who cares as far as i'm concerned but like would that actually work in your opinion yes i think so you know i hope so i know i've listened to npr and they were saying like you know smaller towns smaller suburban cities have done that you know fired a lot of cops Mm -hmm. and hired new ones and have them go out to the communities and actually speak to people who live there. You know, don't just be a person in a car driving around. Get out of your car and talk to the guys on the corner store. Talk, right. wave, and talk to these people that are hanging out in their front yard. Talk to people. You know, don't just be this overlord that is just driving in his car, watching everybody, waiting and wanting something to happen. That's the crazy thing is that's why a lot like I feel like half the police force, if you're gonna be a cop, if I decided to be a police officer, half the people wanna help, wanna save, wanna, you know, be a good voice and good good guiding force for the community. And the other half wanna just shoot somebody. Yeah. So I feel and like with a lot of people that go to the military, I mean, unfortunately. Opinion. I mean I have known people that have gone to join the police academy because they like the idea of having, like, getting, getting the law and order, the the um, the okay to just be able to pull yeah. out your gun and shoot. Yeah, I've and known. The fact, you know, that we have, why can't you? No, no shooting in the mass. You know, appendages. You know, there's so many, I feel like there's so many steps before you can just gun someone down. Right. There, there is. I do believe that there can be retraining. It's going to take years, but at least we got to start. Yeah. At some point, I know a lot of people that have gone in the military for the same reason. And it's just like, uh, we need to do better on, I mean, like, for instance, we're recording this right after the church shooting in San Antonio and the. We just found out that the Air Force didn't bother to send his criminal and mental profile to the FBI, uh, the guy that shot up the place. And just, it's unfortunate because, you know, the military and the police are supposed to be there to protect us. And, you know, there are a lot that do, but there are unfortunately a lot that are just there to have, to do state-backed harm. It's, It's, I mean, it is what it is, and it is an awful, awful truth. Uh, well, on that sad and uh, maybe hopeful note of um, hopefully retraining I mean, the police I like someday. It's, it's, a, it's a dark topic it is. to try to discuss. It, it really and truly is. Like, there is not, at least right now, there's not a really a happy ending. No. I mean, people are still being gunned down every single day. Every day. You know, they're just not, they're just not report, like the news isn't reporting it. And the police don't keep a, a log at all or any form of database of um, the, the police that, yeah, it, the, yeah, the news isn't reporting, but police actually don't even keep a log of the number of people they kill per year at all. It's, I've been watchdog, uh, 
places um, that keep that information and they have to basically search high and low for it and get the correct information all from third parties. It's really unfortunate. So, and the only thing wow. that you can uh, do about it is vote for the right people to pass the right laws, to then enact the right changes, to enact the right training. And that's the, that's the system we have that works, but just works very slowly, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, yeah, so that's the end of the season, y'all. Um, we'll be back uh, for a war on Christmas episode. Um, hopefully, if the bastard can get out of jail. Um, I want to thank uh, Lloyd for coming and sharing his uh, stories. I know it's definitely not easy, especially when things like that stick with you, you know, like you said, just like it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, thank you, Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd, where are you at on Twitter if you want to give that out to people to follow you and find uh, the things you do? All you need is Lloyd. All the letter U need is Lloyd. Same with my Instagram. <laughs> and you can follow, yes, the Adventures of Pirates on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, go take your kids to go see that if you uh, if you do have them. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and you know, remember to America as hard as you can. Good night. It's America the podcast.